The faith realm is activated by your words, so your words can close doors that God is opening for you. Hey, hey, we are back with episode two. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you're joining me again today. Thank you so much um, for just taking your time out. I really pray that I'm encouraging you, helping you in the things of God, share the podcast with others. Um, I'm excited to jump right into today's teaching, but let me remind you who I am in case you're wanting to know this is your first time uh, jumping on here. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney. Uh, mom to Cecily, I pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois, and we would love if you're ever in our area. We're just north of um, St. Louis, uh, depending on where you are, anywhere from you know uh, 40, 40 minutes to an hour, or or a little bit more from the St. Louis, uh, Missouri area. Um, so. Uh, we would love for you to join us sometime. Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. I'm telling you, we have a powerful time in the Lord. Amen. But we are here on this podcast, Hitting Life's Issues with Heaven's Perspective. Amen. And on the last episode, I started what I said uh, uh, with a four-step process of living the good life. Um, that God has for us. And I, I laid the foundation because basically that's what we were talking about is the first step to being able to live the good life that we have in God through Christ Jesus is to lay a firm foundation. And so I believe we did that, um, the last time. And I'm, I believe that and hope that that really encouraged you and helped you somehow in some way. So we're going to step in uh, today to step two of that process. And I know that there's no way I'm going to get all of this done uh, in one episode. It will likely be two episodes for sure and possibly three. And you just never know <laughs> how the Holy Ghost is going to flow. So it could be four. Amen. So make sure you come back. If you remember from last time, if you joined me before, if this is your first time joining me, I'm dropping new episodes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays right here. Amen. And so um, let's jump in. Step two, really, if I almost hate to, but you know, people like order and they like, you know, we, we like to, our minds oftentimes thrive off of things that look orderly and look like they, they could really help us, right? But really, I'm just laying out uh, four, uh, how do I want to, four broad categories of being able to live out the good life that we have uh, through Christ Jesus. And in each one of those areas, there's so much that can go um, into it, right? And as I said last time, you know, even as we walk with the Lord and we've been with the Lord for a long time, we realize that in such as in laying a firm foundation, we have that solid foundation of Jesus Christ. I, I talked last time about what that foundation actually looks like and what it actually means, um, that it's from a place of holiness and this and that and everything else. Go back and listen to that episode so you can get caught up in what I'm talking about. But even with that, throughout our lives, because this we're talking about 
This is not religion. This is pure on rela uh, relationship with the living God. Amen. This is where we just endeavor throughout every day of our life to get in closer and closer fellowship with God, the father and God, the son through God, the Holy spirit. And so, you know, we're, we're progressing. Um, we better be progressing. Our lives are changing on a daily, um, um, in, in the natural realm, you can see that, but spiritually we're supposed to be growing. Amen. We're supposed to be changing from levels on a regular. Amen? We're supposed to be increasing. We're supposed to be multiplying. Our path is growing brighter because the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. We can see further along the way. I can see further along the way in my path. And it's also much broader than I ever realized years ago in my life. I see so much of the broad, large place that God has placed me in. But I also see because the light and my path is growing brighter, how much more God has uh, in store for me in this good life. And it's the same for you. Amen. So I really want to, to that's where, where I want to get us all to the place to have an expectation that God has planned for us according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. An amazingly awesome, good, large life, full of his goodness in every way. And so Really, after you, when you're building anything from a building to a business to a life to a family, a home, a marriage, whatever it is um, th that you're doing, you, you know, we laid the firm foundation. But after that, now we're going to frame up. We're going to give a frame, a frame to this structure that we're building, whatever it might be. If it's just the life or a business, a ministry, a family, a home, whatever it is, we're going to frame. So that's what we're going to talk about today is framing your life. And you understand that when you frame your life, the frame is going to give you the confines of what that structure, that final building, if you will, is going to look like. Let me say that again. When you frame a building in, when you frame a structure in, we've laid the foundation, it's solid, it's firm, it's unshakable in the kingdom of God, all right? That's what we're after, is to lay our life on a foundation that cannot be shaken, and that foundation alone is Christ Jesus, amen? But once we have that, then we're going to start to frame out a basic frame of what this structure is going to look like, um, that we're building. And that frame is going to confine, if you will, what our, whatever it is we're building, whatever structure we're building, the frame is going to confine it. It's, it's going to say, this is how big it's going to be, how tall it's going to be. Um, you know, what, what have you, how many rooms it's going to have and all of that, that frame is going to be the restrictive, um, force, I guess, maybe I want to say the, the restrictive boundaries of what it is you're going to be able to build. So I want you to understand what we're going to talk about today is absolutely essential in uh, the large and or small life you're going to live. Okay. 
Now, God has a very, very good life, a broad place, a large space for you in life. You may think, well, Amanda, you don't understand where I've come from, what I've done, or what's happened to me, or what my name is, or the lack of education I have, or all the education I have, or what my title is, or what, you know, like we can have all of these excuses and things. We can think, like, like for me, you know, this is a minor thing, so I, I'm not going to get into, but you know... <clears throat> I don't know, like anytime I hear my, my voice, once it's been recorded, if I go back and listen to my preach messages, um, of any fashion, whether it be in a church service or where, whether I'm doing a podcast or, or whatever it is, I go, Oh my gosh, you know, why does your voice sound like that? <laughs> does anybody even want to listen to that? <laughs> But, you know, like we can take the, the stupidest, even though that's not really a word, but you know what I'm saying? The stupidest things and try to confine ourselves and our lives. And really what we don't understand is we will confine our lives to things that we let um, hold us back, right? And so one of the reasons why I just really don't like to do a lot of videos, um, and I do them some, and not, I'm like, oh my gosh, Amanda, look at those dark circles under your eyes. You know, it's like you begin to judge every little detail. And, you know, I realize as a whole, most people just are, you know, um, we're looking for encouragement as believers. We're looking for truth and understanding and unfolding of the word of God. We're looking for a message that's going to build our faith to, to walk in everything um, <laughs> that God has uh, for us. Amen. So I just say that because this is kind of funny. Like I'm, I was thinking about it this morning, even, you know, before I, I started to record um, uh, this episode for my podcast. But you know, the, the reality is there's a whole lot more that we can have in life, but we're, we're going to talk about that restrictive force that's going to frame our life. Now it doesn't have to be restrictive, but I found in my life at times, this is the, one of the main areas that the Lord has had to just, um, just really, really try to get into my head, if you will, and get a hold of it in my spirit and become a reality in my life. The power of what we're going to talk about today that's really boils down to framing our lives. How do we frame our life? Realizing that however we frame it is going to be the confines, the confines, the confinement of how large of the structure that we're building. Oh, amen. And so go with me to Hebrews chapter um, 11, very obviously um, well-known passage, but I really want to look at this and I want to get right down uh, into this because this, you know, you, you may listen to this and you may think, well, this isn't anything that I haven't heard before. And I totally understand that, but I am here to help build your faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I love to hear the word of God, even similar things preached over and over and over one by the same person and two by other people, because every single time my spirit is at a different place. Place and I'm going to receive something new. I'm going to receive a new revelation. I'm going to get a clearer understanding on something that in that area and that level of, of, of Christianity and this, this part of the word that we're going to focus on today. I want you to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And I don't want you to come at it with your, oh, I already know this. I want you to come at it with a fresh mind and perspective and hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. Amen. Hebrews chapter 
chapter 11. Now, Father, I believe that as your word comes forth, hallelujah, you're going to grant to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hallelujah. For at the entrance of your word, at the unfolding of your word comes revelation light. Let us see and hear something from a place that we've not seen or heard before. So this will change our lives. Even today, we'll go to new levels in you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 verses one through three. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation and the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So verse three of Hebrews 11 is going to be the basis of what we're talking about today, how to frame your life. It says by faith, we understand that God framed the world with his words. And what we see was actually not made out of things that were visible. And this is the way faith works in our life. We are going to frame our life with our words. Hebrews 11, 3. By faith, we understand that God framed the worlds by his word. That's how we're going to frame our life. By our words. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just hit this um, a little bit more about God framing the world by his words. In Psalm 33, it says in verse 6 of Psalm 33, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Hallelujah. See, God framed the world. Everything that we can see with our eyes today were, was created and framed by God's word. He spoke it by his command. Let there be light. And when he said it, there was light, right? And the faith realm is activated by your words. In your life, the faith realm is activated by your words. That is even how we are saved. We understand um, in the in um Romans in chapter 10, this word that we speak, which, that, which is this word of faith, it's near to you. It's not far away. No, it is in your heart and it is in your mouth, this word of faith, right? If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved, 
right? That's how faith works. It's believed in the heart and it's confessed with, him, um, with your mouth. It's with your words. And so you can have belief in your heart, but until you activate that faith in your heart with your words, it isn't going to do you any good. And we're going to frame our life with our words. Now let's go back to what I was saying at the beginning. You understand then how your words, and we're going to get more into this. And like I said, this is going to be a few episode thing because there's a lot to say here. And I won't even be able to, I know some people that can really preach this stuff so good. And, and it's absolutely amazing to hear what they say. And, and, and just the way God unfolds it through them is, is absolutely amazing. I loved listening to anointed preachers and teachers talking about faith and, and, and how the faith, faith is activated um, by our words. But remember at the beginning, I said, we're framing our life now. We laid the firm foundation and the next step in building anything is going to be to frame out that structure. And remember, the frame is going to be the restrictive force of what we're going to be able to build. So we're talking about our words. And so look, look, you're seeing where I'm going with this, right? Your words can either release to you and in your life, something large and broad, fantastic, wonderful, um, all the good things that God has for you, or your words are going to restrict what you're going to be able to build. And that is up to you because we already know, like I said, in Ephesians chapter two and verse 10, it says that, you know, God, that we are God's workmanship, his handiwork, and we're recreated and born anew or born again in Christ Jesus, that we might do those good works, which he has prearranged and made ready for us to do and living the good life, which he has prepared and made ready for us to live. And most of us, our minds are so small and our imaginations have been practically, you know, destroyed. You know, we had great imaginations when we were children, but as we grow up, a lot of our imaginations and our dreams and the things that we thought we could achieve when we were children become nothing to us anymore. They become dead and we have no ability to really imagine a good life that God has for us. You know, and some people are really living, you know, good lives, but yet they still feel empty and they still feel like it's not what God has. And some of it's just because they're not even connected to God, right? They've not made Jesus Christ a personal Lord and Savior. For others, you know, it's we're walking with the Lord. We know we've got this firm foundation. We're living this holy life that God's called us, but we're still missing something. I want to I wanna challenge you to check your mouth. Listen to what's coming out of it. For years, I've preached, you know, at our church. If, you know, back in, the, and I always laugh, I said, now, now you can just use your your smartphone, because they have voice memoing on there. Back in the day, when I went to college, we carried these little handheld um, recorders. And it was most important in those big, those big, large um, lecture classes that we had our freshman and um, sophomore years, where you'd have five, six hundred, seven hundred um, students in one class. And it's not like you're going to be asking a lot of questions. And so you might want to record what the professor is saying so you can go back and, and hear it later, right? And I used, you know, I'd say if we had something like that today, you could actually use your smartphones today. And if, if we each one just took that and recorded ourselves for eight hours one day, we'd probably find out why our life is like it is because the life we're living, we've created with our words. 
we framed out that life with our words. And so again, the words that we speak are so important. They're either going to restrict us in life or they're going to cause us to soar into realms that you may never even thought was imaginable and definitely others around you are going to think, well, why, why are they living that amazing life? <laughs> well, God has an amazing life scheduled, prepared, pre, prearranged. It's made ready. It's ready for us to live in Christ, but we've just got to be willing to step into it and we've got to live it according to what his word says. And we have to understand how important our words are. Amen. Um, I'm going to go to Romans chapter four now in verses 16 and 17. If you hear those pauses, hopefully you're not hearing me sipping my coffee. I'm trying to be quiet about it. But <laughs> that's me not necessarily um, be what's coming across. Romans chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. <clears throat> Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. Do you hear that? In order to inherit the promise of God, the fullness of all of his promises that have been given to us, it's an outcome of faith. It has to be an outcome of faith because that's the only way that it can be stable. If it could be created by our own good works and abilities and stuff, then it wouldn't be stable. But it's by, it's, it's, it's by grace through faith. Then it's stable because now it's based on his righteousness. Amen. His uh, redemptive work on the cross. So therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. How many? All. How many of his descendants? All. God has the fullness of his promises for every one of his children, for everyone who's called upon the name of the Lord, for everyone who walks in a living relationship with Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. All of his promises are yes and amen to you. So don't you think that God has a better life plan for somebody else than he has for you. What I would do is if your life isn't lining up to the way you think it should, according to what the word of God says, I would step back and begin to examine what is coming out of your mouth. If you know your firm foundation is in order, if you know that you're living a holy life, if you know you're following what the word of God says and living according to that by the grace of God and, and the instruction and power of the Holy Ghost, then I would step back and begin to listen to what's coming out of your mouth because that might just be what is tripping you up and holding you back from all of God's promises coming to fulfillment in your life. It says to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations, right? He said that to Abraham before he ever even had a son. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things as 
those things that he has promised as if they already existed. Calling those things that be not as though they already are. Now see, a lot of people in the Christian world want to say, well, that's just, you're just a name it and claim it. Well, um, technically, if you want to take this scripture, that's exactly what God did when we read back in Hebrews chapter 11. The things that we see were actually made of things that weren't visible. Let there be light. Remember, we talked about um, um, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. Our words are a creative force. Force. Our mouth is a creative force. And whatever we speak out of it is going to create our world, is going to create our life, is going to frame the life that we're going to live. It's either going to allow us to live a large, broad, good life that God has prearranged, or it's going to restrict us into our small-minded Small world mentality, um, it's up to us. Our words are going to be that defining factor. Calling things that are not as though they are. Amen? Hallelujah. Calling things that are not as though they are. I'm reminded right here of of the story when Jesus went back with a father because he said his daughter was on the brink of death. On their way there, I think... it, they got, that's when the woman with the issue of blood uh, stepped in with her faith and received complete healing and restoration to her body through that faith in Jesus Christ. And then as they continue on, someone from his house says, you know, look, uh, she's actually already dead. And Jesus says, just, just have faith. They get there and all the mourners are, are there wailing and crying and doing all their mourning. And Jesus says to them, why are you mourning? She's not dead. She's just asleep. And they all laughed at him. Everybody knew she was dead. Everybody knew the facts were she was actually dead. But see, from that point, Jesus was already speaking faith. What was about to happen? He was actually going to bring her back to life, resurrection life. You understand? So to the people around him, it looks like he was lying. Why don't I say this? Because when you begin to grab a hold of the power of your words and you begin to call things that are not as though they are, everybody around you, yeah, you're just one of them name it and claim it people, right? No, I believe what God's word says. I know what he said, he said to me. I know what his word is speak. I know what the word says. I know what his promises are. I am going to claim that. And I have a right to claim that because I'm a born again child of God. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I have all of his promises available to me. And he tells me that I can call things that are not as though they are. He says to me that as, as I was going to read in second Corinthians chapter four and, and verse 13, that just as the psalmist who wrote, I believe, and therefore I speak, we have the same spirit of faith. 
we believe and therefore we speak. That's what God says. And so I'm going to speak what God says. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It may look like in your life right now, you're just small, that nothing is working out. Maybe you don't have what you want to have. Maybe you aren't doing what you want to do. Maybe things aren't going the way you want, want it to go. But instead of talking about what you don't have, what you're not doing, and what things aren't working out for you. How about you start using your words to frame your life. Begin to frame what it is God has given to you in Christ. What you know belongs to you. What you want to have. The desires of your heart. What you want to see. Instead of talking what you do say, begin to speak what you want to see. Amen. Call things that are not as though they are. I have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist that wrote, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I'm going to speak. What do you believe? And your confession and what comes out of your mouth is actually going to locate where your faith actually is. And like I said, if you could go and record yourself for eight hours in one day, you would probably figure out why your life is the way it is because of the words that you're speaking. Amen. Now I'm talking to born again children of God that are walking in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm not talking about a worldly a view of, you know, visualization and all that. I'm talking, but you understand that that actually comes from the word of God. The world may taint that. Other religions may taint that. They may separate all of that from the truth of God. But God himself was the one that said in Habakkuk chapter two, you know, write the vision and make it plain. So when anyone reads it, they can run with it, right? You got to make it plain. You may not see it yet, but vision isn't about what you see now. That's your eye, that's your sight. Vision about what you see is coming down the road. What kind of vision do you have? What are you expecting? Do you truly believe that God has a good life plan for you? Amen. Then start speaking that thing out. You may be, you know, you, you may be broke right now, but that's only a temporary condition. You're not going to stay broke. Amen. You're not poor. It may, your checking account might be broke, but you ain't poor because poverty is a mentality and you you're going to annihilate that poverty mentality. I don't care what you've come from or what you haven't come from. You get to make up your decision that you're going to live the good life that God has for you. You're going to come in agreement with that. And then you're going to get your mouth lined up with the word of God and begin to speak what the word of God says. Don't speak what your circumstances are saying. Don't speak what your feelings are saying. Don't speak what everyone else is saying. Speak what the word of God is saying and what the spirit of the Lord is speaking to your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. You got to take a little praise break here. This is exciting. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given this creative force to us, the faith in our heart and the ability to speak forth those creative words to frame our life. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. I am no longer going to restrict the, the largeness, the bigness, the grandeur of the good life that has that God has for me because of the words that I'm speaking. I have decided. I'm going to line not just my beliefs, but my mouth up with the good life that God has for me. And I'm going to speak that and speak that only. Amen. Because your words can actually close doors that God is opening for you. 
People say, well, I just don't have any opportunities. And, and you know, I, I just don't have the opportunities that that one has. Well, they're privileged and they, they were born into this family and they have this money and, and they know these people and they have the right connections. And if you, if you know the, the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have the right connection. You're just going to have to start believing it. We're not operating in the realm of the world here. We may be in this world, but we're not of it. I'm in this world, but actually spiritually, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father jointly with Christ Jesus, that place of authority. From that place, I can dictate what my life is going to be. Yes, within the confines of the word, but I'm a born again child of God. I don't want anything outside of the confines of the word. I don't, I don't desire things that don't please God. I don't want to do things that I know are contrary to God's word and contrary to his kingdom. My heart is set on him. My life is committed to him and his kingdom, to the ministry of his word. And you may not be a minister of the word of God, but that doesn't mean anything. If you're born again, child of God, if you take your life's work, whatever it is, your career, the work you do, your business, whatever it is that you're doing, if you take that and understand that what you're doing has a dramatic eternal effect an eternal effect for the kingdom of God and use it to glorify God, then it's the same, same thing. Amen. We can't just confine God to ministry. He's in every part of our life. It's just like believers that want to confine God to, you know, a 90 minute service on Sunday. And then, and then the other, what, 166 and a half hours of the week, they live however they want. No, God is my life. Christ Jesus, I live and move and have my being in him. It's 24, 7, 365. Hallelujah. He is foremost in my thoughts, foremost in my decision-making, foremost in every area of my life, in my family, in our home, in our work, in our ministry, in our, even in our enjoyment and our pleasure. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God in my life. Your words need to begin to create and frame out what your life is. Like I said, if you, if you would record yourself for eight hours one day, you'd probably figure out why your life is where it is because of the words that you're speaking. You know, for some of us, we've been in the Lord for a while and we're, we're thinking we, we should be having some other opportunities and, and things should be growing and things should be increasing and multiplying in our lives, but they're not. Maybe it's your words or your problem. They're closing doors. Your words might be shrinking what God is trying to enlarge in your life. Instead of multiplying the things in your life, your words are, are, are dividing it. Instead of adding to your life, your words are subtracting from your life. God's doing his part. Trust me, you. Jesus says, trust me. It is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So why aren't we experiencing it in greater measures? Probably because of our words. We're, conf we're confusing our confession. We're confusing our faith. You know, we get in church surrounded by other people full of faith and shout hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. That's right, preacher, you say it, pastor. Hallelujah, that's it. As soon as we walk out that door, we start complaining and murmuring. We're bickering with our spouse and we're yelling at the kids and we're talking about everything that's coming up that we dread and we don't want to do. And all of a sudden... <laughs> That faith that we were demonstrating in the midst of other faith-filled pe people and a powerful anointed service has just dwindled down to nothing. <laughs> and it's had no effect because we walk out the door 
<laughs> with our minds not renewed by the word of God, still speaking the same trash we were speaking before and wondering why our life is full of trash. Amen. <laughs> it's easy to speak faith-filled words when you're around other people full of faith. It's not as easy to speak faith-filled words when your body is reeked is, is, is reek with pain and you're experiencing some illness or disease or sickness that seems to be having its way with your body. And maybe your spirit's a little bit fearful that it might just have its way. You're going to have to muster up that faith that's on the inside of you and demonstrate it with your words. Activate your faith with your words. Begin to speak what the word of God says. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I have been healed. And I believe I have received my healing. Hallelujah. And I'm going to see the manifestation of that healing. It is the Lord God who is my healer. Hallelujah. The Lord God who healeth me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread. And I am a child of God and I receive the healing work of the cross of Jesus Christ. I will not die, but I shall live and declare the works and the praises of my God. Hallelujah. Begin to speak those things. Don't confuse your confession just because your feelings and your emotions are messed up right now. Don't confuse your faith by your feelings and your emotions. We don't live by our, our feelings. We don't live by our sight. We live by faith. And that faith is activated by our words. So speak words of faith. Don't speak what you're seeing. Don't speak how you're feeling. Speak faith. Speak what the word of God says. Speak what God has spoken to you. And don't settle for anything less than that. You need to begin to create your life by framing that life with your words. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is powerful stuff. I don't care how many times you've heard messages on this. I'm telling you every time it's powerful to me. It stirs me up to begin to actually believe what God's word says concerning me, concerning my life. I want you to believe what God's word says and understand that it's written for you. His word is written for you. Yes, it's written for everybody else too. But this is his personal letter to you. His personal word to you. Well, God doesn't speak to me. Are you kidding me? You have 66 books that are canonized as the Holy Bible. There's all kinds of things he's speaking to you. You're just not getting in it with the right spirit of faith to believe what he says. Come on now. He has written to you personally. Get in there and start believing what the word of God says concerning you who you are, what you can have, what belongs to you, and what you can do. Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. A man's self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, and with the consequences of his words he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. You're going to determine what your life is going to look like as a born-again child of God by the words that you speak. Remember, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, but you don't see every believer walking in the fullness of those promises, do you? Why? Because their faith isn't activated in that realm. 
their faith isn't activated. It's just as I was talking about health. Many times people get confused. Well, maybe the Lord's trying to teach me something through sickness. He's not. If the Lord wanted to teach people something through sickness, then why did Jesus spend his entire ministry upon this earth teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing? Healing people. Go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, no matter what form or fashion that looked like. Why did he do that? If he thought he could teach you something through sickness, then that means if that was the Father's will to teach you something through sickness, then that means Jesus spent his entire ministry on this earth doing the exact opposite of the Father's will. And that's not true because there's more than one scripture that says, that speaks of Jesus, I have come to do your will. It is God's will to heal. So speak the will of God. It's the same way when people think poverty glorifies God. Where do you see that poverty glorifies God. Not in any fashion. And don't even use the young rich man who, God, who Jesus said, well, I see one thing you lack. Sell all of your possessions and come and follow me. He wasn't telling the guy to become poor. He was touching on a, an issue here. That man had a lot of money, but the issue wasn't that he had a lot of money. The issue was that a lot of possessions and a lot of money had him. And the Bible's clear, you can't serve God and mammon. Either God has your heart or mammon has your heart. And that's a demonic spirit attached to possessions and material things and money. It's a demonic spirit. Either God has your heart or mammon has your heart. So he wasn't touching on the fact that the, the, the man had a lot of possessions. What he was touching on is this, all his possessions had him. And 3 John 2 it says, I wish above all things, brethren, that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So it's all based on, on your soul. Are you a born-again child of God? Are you walking daily in that salvation, renewing your mind? Right? Because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? And so if you're in that solid relationship with the Lord, then his desire for you is to prosper in every area of your life, including finances. That literally means to prosper materially and to be in good health. Right there. I wish above all things. This is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. How can anybody argue about that? And like I said earlier, you know, you may think, well, my, my bank account says I'm broke. Well, that's only a temporary condition because you have the mind of Christ. In the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 8, and I believe it's verse 17, he says that God has given you the power to create wealth, to establish his covenant. You've been given power to create wealth, to establish his covenant. He first wants to establish that covenant with you. It's a covenant of life. It's a covenant of blessings. Amen. And when he establishes that covenant with you, then he's going to use that covenant established with you for you to use your blessings to establish the covenant with others. Amen. Because you're blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. How can you be a blessing to others when you're not blessed yourself? How can you feed the hungry when you can hardly even put food on your own table? 
That you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul, as they say, right? That you're living paycheck to paycheck. You may be living paycheck to paycheck right now, folks, but that is not going to be the way it stays. Amen. Hallelujah. You are called to prosper. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his servants. You're not just a servant. You're his child. Amen. He delights to give you his kingdom and the fullness of that kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. When you put first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's going to add all things to you. And when you take your finances and put them into the kingdom of God, you have this promise from God in the book of Philippians that your God will supply all of your needs, not according to your bank account, not according to the world's economy, not according to your country's economy, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody ought to shout. Hallelujah. You're not destined to be um, broke, busted, and disgusted. You're not destined to walk in poverty. You're not destined to walk in a lifetime of sickness, disease, and ill health. You're not destined to walk in a lifetime of mental illness. No, Jesus has come to set you free in every area of your life. But you as a born again child of God are going to have to line your mouth up with the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12. Verses 35 through 37. But I tell you on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and acquitted. Oh, I forgot. I started in verse 36 instead of 35. Verse 35. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things. And the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. See, I believe many times we as believers don't walk in everything that God has for us, not because God doesn't have for us those things, but because that's what we speak. And our words frame our life. Our words are the confining force really of what we're going to experience in this life, even as a Christian. You understand this. We read it back in Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you're going to eat the fruit of it, either be for death or for life. You can be a born again child of God. You can be on your, on your way to heaven and you could, you know, truly love the Lord. But if you don't watch your mouth, you're not going to experience much of his goodness on this earth, except for that assurance that you know you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Everybody knows heaven's amazing, <laughs> but God has an amazing life here on this earth for you also. Amen? The reason you're not experiencing it isn't it because God doesn't have it for you. He has it. Your words are just canceling it out. You're closing every door that God is opening for you. You're rejecting every blessing that God has come in your way. You're dividing your life instead of allowing God to multiply your life. You're subtracting from your life instead of allowing God to add from your life with your words. And you're going to be held accountable for that when, you know, the reality is. You're like, oh my, Amanda. Now I'm beginning to realize that's okay. The amazing thing is Jesus is a redeemer. And I have found in my life, he redeems even the things that I've screwed up. Amen. I'm thankful for that. He'll redeem the years that have been lost. He'll redeem the finances that have been lost through stupid choices and decisions. So begin to line up your word. Frame your life. You're going to confine your life 
by your words or you're going to enlarge your life by your words. Because the reality is you can look at your life and, and this is what most people do. And I look, I've been, oh my goodness. Huh. I have been so guilty of this. When I get to a place of frustration, maybe you never get there. <laughs> but when I get to a place of frustration and things aren't going as I think they should, and I just keep seeing the same things, and I'm like, this has got to change. And yet I find myself talking about what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm like, every, everybody can already see it, Amanda. You don't need to talk about it anymore, right? Why do we always just want to rehash and go over with our words everything that's going on? Don't do that. Sure, it might be the facts, but facts can change. The truth's never going to change. But when you start speaking the truth, remember Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The word is the truth. When you start speaking the truth, then the facts are going to change. But as long as you keep talking about the facts as reality, then they're going to be your reality. But when you be, get down on the inside of you, the truth of God's word, and this word becomes you, then that becomes your reality. And you may not yet see that reality in your life, but it's going to come and it's going to come fast when you begin to speak. It. Amen. Hallelujah. The facts are going to change when you speak the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Job and I'm going to end here. Job chapter 22. And I don't know, I'm sorry, but my dog is, has got all kinds of noises going in the background. So if you're hearing this on this broadcast, I'm extremely sorry. I'm at home today um, recording this. And so, well, welcome to Amanda's life. <laughs> Job 22, verses 23 through 28. If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before Him, you will be built up. If you put away unrighteousness far from your tents, if you lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook, consider them... What? Sorry about that. If you lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook and make the Almighty your gold and the Lord your precious silver treasure, then you will have delight in the Almighty and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him and He will hear you and you will pay your vows. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. See, when we live our life for Jesus, when we have returned to him and made him our Lord and Savior, and we live our life for him, he is first in our life, then we have this amazing privilege and ability to decide and decree a thing. Decree, you have to actually open your mouth. And, and it's the word of God tells us if we shall decree a thing and it shall be established for us. You get to frame your life by your words. What do you want your life to look at? Now, again, please understand me. If you've listened to this message, you have to understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking out of the confines of the word of God. And I'm not even, you know, I'm not just not going to go there. Anybody that's truly born again does not desire things that God doesn't desire. Doesn't desire things that are unpleasing to God. Amen. And so, but there's so much that we can have in God. 
He wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to be healthy. Amen. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to live a life of peace, even in the midst of a world that is in utter chaos. This world is, this is not our home. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so we can have peace in the midst of all of this. We get to live above this world system. Why? Because we are seated in the heavens. That is our position. Amen. And we get to frame our life frame our life with our words because that's how God did it. God framed the world worlds with his words and we get to frame our life with our words. We can decide and decree a thing and God will establish it for us. It says, then it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is powerful stuff. I'm telling you, when we come to recognize the creative force that we have in our mouth and recognize the reality that the life we're living might have a lot to do with what's been coming out of our mouth. And if we'll change the words that are coming out of our mouth, then we'll actually change what we're seeing in our life. Amen. Man, I love you so much. Thank you. I don't know if I've ever mentioned, if I haven't, I pray that on this side of heaven that I do. If not, I'll meet you in heaven. But let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word that just brings life to us. Thank you, Father God, for the unfolding of it that helps us to understand things in a way maybe that we haven't understood before. I give you glory and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power of your word to change our life and that you have given us this thing called faith. You've implanted us in us faith and that we can increase that faith by hearing your word. But also, Father, that that faith is activated in our life by our words. Father, I pray that every person that hears this message will get this revelation and begin to mind their mouth, paying attention to what they're speaking so that what they're seeing can change because what they're speaking has changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God for your blessings that chase us down and overtake us in each and every day. And may we be those who speak life and speak blessings, not only over our own lives and over our marriages, over our homes, over our children, over our businesses, over our works, over our ministry and everything in our life, Father God. But may we speak life and blessings for all of those that are connected to our life and even those whom we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to take this moment right here. If you've been listening to this broadcast and you recognize actually you've never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, well, now's the time and today is the day of salvation for you. Amen. It literally just means you're going to turn away um, from sin and you're going to turn away from this world and you're going to turn to God and, and recognize that you need a Savior. And in doing that and making Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, the shed blood that he shed on the cross is going to wash you clean and it's going to make you holy and in empower you to walk a life that is pleasing to him. Amen. So just say this prayer after you under, after me, just repeat it after me, understanding it's not this prayer that saves you. It's the faith in your heart and your confession in agreement with that faith in your heart. Say, dear heavenly father, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for the forgiveness of 
of my sins. And I believe in my heart that you, that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I repent of my sin. I turn away from sin. And I turn to you, Father. And I receive Jesus today as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, Father. Heaven is my eternal home. I am born again. I am a child of God. And I thank you and ask you to empower me to live a holy life and to desire only that which will please you and work in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. If you said that prayer, make sure you message me because I have some uh, resources I want to send to you to help help you in your life uh, um, as a believer and, and also help get you planted in a local church near you. Amen. I love you all so much. Make sure uh, you check uh, out my podcast um, uh, channel Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for a new episode drop every one of those days. I love you. Bye-bye.